unless you're a business owner, I really feel like you don't know quite that struggle. If you're not making that payroll, if you're not fill in the blank, there's so many things that business owners struggle with that you don't know of until you're part of that group. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. On this show, I share the stories of the journeys of local business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers, and how they've followed their dreams despite adversity. Listening to these stories is inspiring, and I also love to get to know our neighbors better. I hope you're enjoying learning about our local businesses too. Please follow East Idaho Entrepreneurs on Facebook and Instagram, and let me know who you think I should interview. So I'm so excited to get to know today's guest better and learn more about his business. He's got a great story of taking risk that we can all learn from. Welcome Mike Infinger of Infinger's Insurance to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's good to have you here, Mike. Mike, please tell tell the listeners a little bit about your business and what do you think sets you apart from other insurance agencies? Yeah, so I started in 2010. I was working for another agency at the time And I sat down, my mom actually cornered me and said, hey, I had a dream last night that you started your own insurance agency. I kind of laughed it off. And she said, no, I'm serious. I think you need to look at doing it. And I was happy at the time. The other insurance agency was paying for my health insurance and secretary and buildings. And I wasn't sure I wanted to make that jump, but it started the domino effect of me thinking about doing it on my own. And I went and talked with my boss and he was awesome. He said, you know what, Mike, I know you'll make more money on your own than you would here because you're given half to the house, you know? So I decided to make the jump and that was in 2010, the summer of 2010. And I've loved it. Love being a, a business owner. So when you um, tell us about what kind of insurance are you dealing with in your agency? So I do everything except health insurance. I may do it at some point, but I really enjoy business insurance. That's the thing that I enjoy the most is talking with business owners and helping them and uh, really just seeing the things that they do. It's amazing to me in Idaho Falls, in Idaho, how many ways there are to make money. Right? And so it's fun for me to talk to those business owners and see what they do that makes them tick. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that, especially having done this show and just learning all, everybody's different story and how they got to in their business. Um, I imagine you've heard a few of those as you've gone along that you've enjoyed. Right. Yeah, it's fun. So I understand that your mom kind of planted the seed, but what was it that, what was that moment when you knew you had to do this, when you were like, no, I've got to do this. There's just no way I can stay where I'm at. So after she spoke with me, it was probably a week or two later, I sat down and it was, uh, you know, at the end of a year that I'd been working for that other agency. And I looked at the numbers. And for me, I have this funny niche where my dad's a state farm agent, my brother's a state farm agent. And so I grew up with these state farm agents going to conventions with them and their kids and a lot of their kids are State Farm agents now too. And State Farm is awesome at the areas that they do. There's lots of business insurance that they don't do. So as I was working at this other agency, I sat down and looked at, for the whole year, most of the referrals that were coming to me were from these other 
captive insurance agents that didn't do this particular niche of business insurance, right? And when I saw that and saw that, you know, they were coming to me for me, I decided, well, I guess instead of giving, you know, half that commission back to the house, I'd do it for myself and help these guys at my own agency. Yeah, I think you hit a good point there. So many of us in business, people come to us because of us. Right. It's the relationship that we have formed with people. And I bet that's particularly of importance in insurance. Yep. You yep. got it. Because honestly, I know nothing. I need to come and ask you what I need to do. <laughs> it's kind of a boring subject, except for, for me and my family, I think. Yeah, because <laughs> clearly you guys are into this. Sure. Yep. <laughs> so talk to me about Infanger Insurance. You guys actually specialize in workman's comp insurance. Right. Tell me about that. So a lot of business owners don't know. I, I've, I've looked up the numbers and I should have looked it up before the show, but it's something like 75% of business owners have their work comp through the state fund. And the state fund for some things really is the best way to go because they have a great rate. Uh, there's some states bordering us that aren't good on their state funds, but Idaho has been really good with their rates. Uh, there's some niches though. So uh, mechanics, restaurant owners, uh, small business, main street type business, your accountant, dentist type place where you can get probably 10% of a discount compared to what the state fund would offer you if you go through what I call the private market. So you've got companies like Employers and Hartford and Travelers and all these other ones that will offer work comp. And, and if they want to, they can really push the discounts and offer it better than what the state fund uh, will give it to you on the price for. So really there's sort of three areas you can get work comp. There's a state fund, which like I say, it's the way majority in Idaho go there. There's other private markets, it's like the ones I told you. And then there's another option too, where you can get in, depending on if it works for you, a group policy. So there's different places in town that do like your payroll HR, so big type companies that will offer those services to you. And some of them have the option where they have a group work comp. So then you're just like health insurance, group rates are typically better than individual rates. And, and we have access to all three of those. So we, we can get you the state fund, we can do any of those other private market ones, and then potentially if it's a good fit for you, that group rate as well. Do you think most business owners understand that they they have other options be really besides don't. the state fund? I don't think so. Yeah. I, because it's just a huge majority. And like I say, the state fund's a great option, especially in Idaho, they're a good way to go. Uh, but no, I don't think many of them know. The other thing that's interesting with the state fund is a lot of people go direct because they've just heard, you know, I need to go to the state insurance fund for work comp. Yeah. So they go direct. You can have an agent and it's the exact same price that can help you and possibly say, hey, maybe you should look at this safety program or do these drug and alcohol free programs that can get you discounts. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, there's even within the state fund, you can have an agent too. Well, that's huge news. I can tell you Oswald Service has been in business for over 80 years. We awesome. haven't had it for that long, obviously, sure. but I'm pretty sure this is the first time that I've really understood. That yep. I'd say that's typical of most business owners. They just don't know that there are options for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we probably need to come talk to you. Mm, sounds good. <laughs> so tell me a little bit. You mentioned your mom kind of planted the seed. Your dad and your brother are agents. You come from an entrepreneurial family. Tell me how that's influenced how you've wanted to be an entrepreneur yourself. You know what's funny is, is I never even thought of any other option. I know that I worked for that other agency, but it was still an entrepreneur because you still, it was commission based, right? So it depended on how much you sold. 
So when I graduated from BYU in 2009, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew it wanted to be sales because I love sales. What was your degree sales. in? Uh, the shortest one they had at BYU, geography. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just wanted to get in and get out. <laughs> okay, got uh, it. But the, really the dinner table at our house is so unique, I think, compared to other people because it's, you know, what business venture are you doing? And it's, they, they all have their main gig, right? And then once that's going well, then they diversify, right? So then they start buying storage units and then they start uh, just getting involved in other things that diversifies where their income's coming. And one of the things too, I was talking with a couple months ago uh, with another entrepreneur is I really never even thought of failure as an option. I know so many people when they start don't have the family support or the monetary support and a lot of businesses fail when they start. I seriously don't even think it crossed my mind that that was an option when I opened my agency. Now granted, I wasn't married at the time. I had no kids to support. So it was easier for me to jump in at that moment when I started my agency. But uh, it really, in our family, there's a huge family support and I have uncles and aunts and parents and my siblings, a lot of them own their own businesses. So it's just, it's almost expected in my family. Well, it's curious that you say that. I came from a family where my dad probably had, uh, at one time my mom and sister sat down and I think it was close to 20 businesses. That's awesome. Businesses. Well, you'd think so. It wasn't when it was cool. Like it was like, my mom was like, just settle down and do something. But we did see failure. My dad didn't have success in a lot of those businesses, which is obviously why he went on to others. Did you see failure in your family or have they all been pretty successful in this? You know, they've all kept going oddly enough. And and it's not that we haven't had obstacles. I I was talking with somebody again, a, a different entrepreneur, the other day and my first year my net was negative twenty thousand dollars yeah right? negative how do you do that was, well, <laughs> living on credit hardly any gross <laughs> luckily i'd saved up and again i wasn't married no kids to support and so i was eating ramen and that was yeah easy for me it. right mm-hmm. I, I don't want my kids to do it but i was fine doing it and so uh yeah i mean we we still made it go all all of us have and i'm sure if i sat down and talked to my parents i'm sure there's some venture they did that didn't work but all the ones that I've, they're so persistent and stubborn uh-huh. that I think they've just made them all go. <laughs> well, and it sounds like um, risk doesn't scare y'all. No. Yeah. My dad, uh, so he does some investing things too uh, with State Farm. And the they have this, what would be a test where they ask you to fill out all these different questions, how risk adverse you yeah, are yeah, yeah. for when you're doing an investment. And mine's off the chart. Yeah, I want the highest potential for risk even or for growth, even if I lose all lose of my all. money that's mm-hmm. in whatever stock or, yeah. Yeah, a lot of us are not wired that way. Yeah. We're much more conservative <laughs> with not taking risk, which holds us back. Sure. I have, I have somewhat backed off now that I've got a family and kids, but yeah, our family's definitely tolerant of risk. Well, it's a good point. When the consequences are larger, I think sure. we tend to rein ourselves in a little bit. Sure. Okay, so great. Thank you for sharing that. You have also started a Facebook group right. called Entrepreneurs of Idaho, correct? Yeah. Yep. So tell us more about that. And what's the vision for the group? What yeah. was the motivation? Like, why didn't Mike and Fanger Insurance decide it, to start yeah. this entrepreneur group? So I was actually part of an insurance group on Facebook. 
And there's uh, something like 30,000 insurance agents all across the United States that get in on this group. And they really are super helpful because they'll bat ideas off of each other. Hey, what thing have you done on Facebook that's garnered attention and brought you in, you know, prospects that want to learn about life insurance? Or they'll say, you know, I've got a contractor in Ohio that does EFIS and that's a funky niche. You know, who, who do you have? What insurance company? You guys will, are helping each yeah, other. Yeah, we'll mm -hmm. do that. And they help each other. And one of the owners or founders of this group recommended to all of the insurance agents in the group, hey, this is an awesome way to network. And, and uh, so he recommended to all of us to start our own local groups. Of, and he didn't even say necessarily what it was. He's got some guys that are just foodies and yeah. you know, whatever. Okay. But for me, I'm passionate about business owners and yeah. I love talking with other business owners because it's fun. Yeah. And so I started this group a couple months ago and it's at over 800 members. And my goal is for it to not be a buy-sell group, right? I don't want somebody to get in there and say 10% off today. And you know, yeah. it's just boring right. to me. Mm -hmm. And there's buy-sell groups anyway. So, you know, do those in those groups and they're huge. But for me, I really want it to build uh, trust and say, hey, I'm struggling with this on my taxes. Is there an accountant you guys like, or what things have you done that have helped you in X area of your business? And I think it's really fun to see how often you'll get an answer. You know, in just in a group of 800 people, you've got somebody in Bear Lake, Idaho that asks a question about, you know, whatever estate planning and somebody in Boise saying, yeah, I know who, who will do that yeah. for you. It's really fun because um, you have a major diversity in that group. Right. It's not, not just... Insurance agents. Yeah, it's not just insurance <laughs> agents and it's not little tiny ma and pa. It's, you know, bigger. It's just a huge gamut. Plus, you. I don't know if you've gotten anybody in northern Idaho. Have you? Yeah, yeah. all over. Yeah, I mean, the whole state of right. Idaho is involved in this. Even thing. some on the border, they'll message me like, hey, I'm in Spokane. Am I close enough? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We'll, we'll bring you in, but don't go too far out. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of fun. What, um, what do you feel like we're going to be able to get out of that as the group? Is it just that ability to bounce ideas off each other? So I'm, I love listening to books. And we were talking about this before the show. Uh, the one I'm reading right now is Crushing It. And at the beginning, I've just started it. But at the beginning, he talks about other entrepreneurs that have succeeded using his principles, right? I love that. And it really motivates me when I hear whoever and whatever business it is saying, you know, I had this problem, I pushed through and succeeded. And it's, it's just, it's a camaraderie between business owners because you, you really, unless you're a business owner, I really feel like you, you don't know quite that struggle, right? If, if you're not making that payroll, if you're not fill in the blank, there's so many things that business owners struggle with that you don't know of until you're part of that group. And then you're like, yeah, that guy gets it and we can connect and there's no pressure like you don't you don't need to buy from me I don't need to buy from you we're just here to help each other uh, Wow well you are preaching to the choir and which is one of the reasons why I do this show because a couple of the things I think as business owners I love to hear our stories right. so they can be like well Mike's going through the same thing I guess you know this isn't insurmountable I can do this other businesses have done it. And also, as individuals who may not be business owners are listening to this, 
they get to understand we're just people trying to do the very best that we can as well. Right. Yeah, we've chosen to go into business. We are not millionaires. Right. We, I hope to be we, soon. Yeah, I mean, that would be great, <laughs> but we still have payroll even if we, you know, we have right. all these other things. And so um, I think it's a great way for us to help each other, like you said, and just realize that we're all in the same, yeah, all in the same journey. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that we started just a couple weeks ago is each day of the week we try to have a different topic. And Thursdays, for example, is Thankful Thursdays. And, and that's the one that I do. I've got other moderators that do different days of the week. And the thing that I was thinking about today is, you know, I'm super thankful to hear other business owners' success stories. When I, when I was uh, just the second year of my business, my boy had to have open heart surgery. So he was born at Ermac. And the day after he was in the NICU, the day after, so not even the first day, they, one of the doctors came in and was like, uh, something's off here. And, and I was actually back at work because I didn't have any employees. So my wife was at the hospital by herself. I was back at work. My wife called me like, something's wrong. Mm, she's crying. Like the fifth time in our entire marriage she's ever cried. She's super stable. And uh, anyway, the, they came in and did some more tests. They're like, yeah, we need to get them to primaries now. So they life lied them down to primaries. And, and because I wasn't in it long enough that I was super monetarily confident, uh, I forwarded my cell phone and everything was just going to voicemail. But about every yeah, hour or two, yeah, I'd go to the computer lab at primaries, pull up my voicemails, pull up my emails, and just you know work through and pretend like I was still at work and trying to help people with their stuff too. And I, I remember this day and I posted in the group this morning, there was a dentist's office in Utah and I'm still good friends with these people. They don't know, uh, but I wrote that policy at the hospital while I was down there in Utah. And I think that a lot of times you'll hear stories that are super similar to that. I know one of my neighbors here, same thing. Uh, their kid has some major health issues and they're working through it and they still have to meet payroll and be business owners at the yeah. same time. Yeah, we absolutely, life doesn't pause. Uh -uh. Um, and, it, and it is kind of, um, once you decide to be a business owner, you just do it 24 seven. Yep. So yeah, word of caution and I mean, it's exciting. I mean, that's the great thing about being in business for yourself is you do have that flexibility, um, but it could also shut you down. Yeah. We had, you know, even just looking at the time that we're closed for holidays, um, our bank account takes this dip, you know, right. like we are, we are dependent on somebody coming through our doors every single day. Sure. And if they don't, we won't get a paycheck. Right. Right. That people don't, you know, if you don't like to live that way, don't be a business sure. owner. Sure. <laughs> I still highly recommend it. If, if there's anybody listening to the group that's like, hey, I'm thinking about opening business X, I, I want to do it. I still think it's awesome. That One of the other things I posted about the other day is my wife had the, uh, a doctor appointment for one of our kids. And normally she's able to do that. And I can't even remember why she couldn't do it, but she texted me at work like, hey, I can't get to this. And as a business owner, and I think lots of business owners allow their employees flexibility too, but uh, I just, yeah, I can do it, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so now I've got awesome employees and stuff. And so I've built that base. But if you need me at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday, randomly to bring my kid to the doctor, I can. So yeah, that's have that the awesome yes. part. Yeah, absolutely. There are great things about being a business owner. Definitely. But you just have to be willing to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. 
so is that the advice you'd have for potential business owners yeah, they, and want to be entrepreneurs out there? Absolutely. You, yeah. yeah. I've got a bunch of cousins, you know, because of, there's so many in my family that are entrepreneurs like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this or I'm thinking about going in insurance like you are. You know, would you do it? Absolutely. And the thing I've told them, and obviously I know more about insurance than you know, different businesses, but I, I felt like it really takes five years to get it going, right? So if, if you can have that long-term goal on your side of, I need to get this, I need to be able to struggle through the making nothing for the first while. If I can keep that going for five years, then I'm going to be okay. And then it just gets a little bit better and better mm -hmm. all the time. And is that about the relationships? Is that about just getting oh, that clientele? Absolutely. Yeah. For me, uh, you know, I started just in Idaho and, and I started door knocking businesses. You did. Yeah. I'd just go in <laughs> and talk to them like, Hey, can I quote your insurance? And the young starving, you know, insurance agent and, and they let me, and now we're licensed all over the Northwest and it just keeps growing. Uh, for me, it's kind of funny because again, because I grew up with all those uh, captive insurance agents, their kids that are now captive insurance agents like me, I'll go to them in Wyoming and I'll go to them in Billings, Montana. And I'll say, Hey, you know, I know you guys are awesome at X, Y, and Z send me these other things that you don't do yeah. and, and I won't touch your things yeah. that you're good we at. We can compliment each other. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. All right. So talk to me a little bit about, I'm imagining throughout the journey of starting your business, you've had times where you may or may not, I think probably may, most of us have, but maybe you haven't struggled with self-doubt. So have you had those times? What'd that look like? And what have you done to overcome them? Um, you know, and, and I, I mentioned this before, I, I have such an awesome support base. Uh, I know a lot of business owners, you know, they come at it from a family that's maybe worked the W-2 job 40 hours a week for forever and it doesn't make sense to them. So they'll, I really feel like a lot of people don't have the family support that I do. And so I, I don't think I ever had the, the doubts of, is this going to work? Right. I, I honestly think I always thought it was going to as long as I could hold on <laughs> long enough uh -huh. for it to succeed. Um, so I, I, I think that is obviously a little bit different than some. But you bet I still had those struggles. I, I know I mentioned already with my kid and, and down in Utah while I was two weeks away from my business when my wife and I got married. So we met after uh, or we got married after I started my business. And when we went on our honeymoon, I had my laptop and my cell phone and just had to work through it until I built that up. Mm -hmm. So for people that are, that are struggling through it, I, I really think it's the long-term goal that matters. You know, if, if you can see it. You, you feel to me like you're a pretty confident guy. Do you yeah. think that that's also just part of your personality? Absolutely. You, you just have been instilled with this. I, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be successful. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's the fun things of learning from your parents. I had awesome parents that supported me. So my dad, oh man, is he stubborn and knows that he's going to make that business work. And my mom is the happiest person you'd ever meet. And so I think that combo for me that kind of pushed through is like, uh, yeah, you bet you're going to have people that are grumpy and, and that you can't make everyone happy. But uh, I enjoy helping people. And I think that domino effects and, and makes them say to their friends, hey, come talk to this smiley insurance agent or his girls that are awesome and helped us get whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, about relationships, isn't it? You bet. So when, in looking back over your life, what would you say is the most worthwhile risk that you've taken? 
So the best risk I've ever taken was getting married. I was super, <laughs> was that a risk? I well, I was super worried about it. Uh, so uh, you know, there's there, there's a there's a common religion in Idaho Falls, and and it, I feel like it's somewhat uh, pushed that you. 21-ish years old, you're married. Why aren't you married? Yeah. Right? And and I think a lot of that's the older generation too, like hey, that are that have good marriages, like, hey, this is great. You need to do it, right? Uh, but I was I uh, was a little bit of a Peter Pan, I think. I didn't want to grow up. And, and a lot of my friends were the same thing. And my dad cornered me uh, when I was 24. And, it's just, and they somewhat hassled me for couple years at that point anyway, but he's like, okay, Mike, you need to take some responsibility and uh, grow up maybe a little bit. And uh, anyway, my brother set us up on a blind date, my wife and I, and it really, for me, I used to have hobbies. I don't know what they are anymore because it's family. Yeah, right. right? It's It's taking my kids skiing, right? Snow skiing and and snowmobiling and four-wheeling or whatever. It's, it's, it's the best decision I've ever made. And yeah, same thing as business is it's hard. There's things that are hard, um, but it's, it's what motivates me now, right? To keep going because it's, I've got four little mouths to feed and keep going and keep happy. So, so marriage was a risk because it was going to mess up your Peter Pan life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to be solo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's so much better. And, and I know lots of people that make a great life, so it's, it's nothing, you know, but for me, it was so much better to be married and, and to have kids. It's awesome. It just Christmas just barely happened. Best thing in the world is to see your kids come out and see what Santa So excited. Them. Yeah. 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 It's definitely, um, kids bring a whole nother dimension to right. your life. So, all right. Well, good. I, I'm glad that that risk is paying off. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mike, what does the future look like for you? Are there other entrepreneurial avenues that you plan to take? So I think my favorite thing right now is doing this group and I don't get paid to do it. It's just fun for me to see all these business owners that are part of it. Uh, I do think, you know, learning from my, my parents again, my dad is super avid in you need to diversify. So he has his insurance agency that has his bread and butter, right? But then he's also become a landlord, so he has several homes that he owns and rents out and storage units that he's done. And he invests in stock markets and mutual funds. And so I think it's important not to have all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for me, what would I want to do after this, after insurance? I'd really like to, there's a certain number in my mind that I want my business to gross before I do that. And I'm about halfway there. but I, I probably follow my dad's footsteps. I, I think it's fun. Uh, the storage unit thing seems really fun because you don't have somebody saying their toilet's plugged, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pretty low overhead too right. once you get it built. And right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, um, well, I know at some point there's a wide need for that. We have, uh, we've thought about the same thing. Sure. Um, all right, Mike, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners that we didn't cover that you think might be of interest? You know, and I, I think we touched on a little bit, but the thing that I really feel like is the, the young guys or even, even the guys that are 50 years old and decide they want to make a change, do it. Um, I'm listening to that book and I know I already mentioned it, the Crushing It book. And if you have a passion about whatever it is, 
uh, find a way to make money with it. You know, one of the stories that he talked about was a guy became super knowledgeable with LinkedIn and started teaching business owners how to make money on LinkedIn, right? Funky niche. It's not like you grow up thinking, I want to be a LinkedIn teacher, but he was able to then uh, sell his business for $2 million. Yeah. Wow. It's like, so, you know, if you find something that you enjoy and for, and for me, it's that passion of helping people and insurance happened to be the way I could help people and make it work. But if, if there's something that you enjoy, find a way to make it work and, and run with it. And age isn't a barrier. No. Mm-hmm. Age and all the other things that we, we put as barriers are our own barriers. So yeah, I love, uh, Gary V is kind of one that I follow. So He's very inspiring. I can appreciate what you're going through right now. Well, Mike, thanks so much for being on the show today. It's clear you have a passion for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship, um, insurance, and thank you for being a leader in the community that encourages us as business owners, especially to support one another. Um, You are also a great example of just going for it yourself. Uh, You know, just just do it. And your ideas and... and, um, it helps me have the confidence to face my own risks that kind of scare the crap out of me. So, you know, we just have to look at it and and do it. Um, So as a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair. Have you visited one of our locations yet? We are in Idaho Falls and Rexburg, and we're ready to take care of your car care needs with honesty and integrity. So please let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Welcome to the business leadership moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. And RiseCon also has a sister event, which is a mastermind type of event held monthly, shares between Idaho Falls and Pocatello right now. So check it out at www.idahoricon.com. And we'd love to see you at one of the events. Um, Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about appreciation. So funny story, I came home the other day, and there was this book sitting on our counter called A Carrot a Day. And if you aren't familiar with what that book is, it's a book that gives ideas about giving a daily dose of recognition for your employees. So I asked Kevin about it. And he has um, been really working hard lately on trying to do better about showing appreciation to our employees at the shop. Um, You know, you can maybe kind of imagine, I don't want to be stereotypical about automotive repair shops, but there's not a whole lot of fuzzy hugs and things happening at the shop. And um, Kevin realized that he was not doing a good job of telling his crew when he appreciated them or just showing appreciation for them and the things that they're doing. Um, you know, we have an amazing team. We've had a lot of challenges this year that they have helped helped us get through. And he just realized that he'd gotten so focused in on the business that he was forgetting to tell his team thank you and really recognizing them for the work that they were doing. So I wanted to give you a statistic. Um, 
I'm, I'm taking this out of a book by Mike Robbins. Mike Robbins wrote the book, Focus on the Good Stuff, The Power of Appreciation. And in this book, he quoted, um, he said, the U.S. Department of Labor came out with some statistics a few years ago that cited the top reasons why people in the United States choose to leave their jobs. And the number one reason cited in the survey was lack of appreciation. Of the people who leave their jobs, 64% say they do so because they don't feel appreciated or valued. And according to Gallup, 65% of people in the United States say that they receive no praise or recognition in the workplace. So yikes, guys. I It was surprising for me to read that, um, you know, so much of my career um, – in a corporate world, we talked a lot about appreciation and recognition. I wouldn't say that we always did it very well, but we um, to hear that 65% of people receive no praise or recognition in the workplace, or they feel that way, um, was shocking to me. Now, a couple of things I know that we need to do as leaders. We need to ask our, our people how they want to be recognized, because some people like to have public recognition, some like to have private, some it's great to have a thank you note sent to their home, some want to be pulled up in front in a meeting. And so we really need to figure out how our individual um, employees like to be recognized. And then we also need to make it a purposeful thing that we are looking for opportunities to appreciate them. And I think one of the things that Mike teaches, um, I recently had an opportunity to meet him and hear from him, and he teaches that there's a difference between appreciation and recognition. And that was interesting to me. You know, appreciation is something that we do on a daily basis. We appreciate the work that is being done by our employees. We appreciate our family. We appreciate our spouses, our significant others, whatever. Um, And then there are times when individuals need to actually be recognized for the work that they're doing, for something that they have done above and beyond. So those are really two different things, and we need to treat them as they are two different things. What we need to not fall into is the trap of um, showing recognition to somebody who doesn't necessarily deserve that because they didn't meet a target or they didn't go above and beyond. Um, Those people, absolutely, we need to appreciate everyone, but there's a difference between appreciation and recognition. So uh, I absolutely encourage you to study Mike's work, and, and he helps teach that a lot better than I do. But I was pondering this too in my own life, and um, I don't do it really well. And I and I wouldn't say that I did it the very best, or do it the very best, even as a leader, because I get so focused on the work that needs to be done, and I forget that people just need to be recognized and they need to be appreciated. So um, do better than I am doing, okay, guys. Put this, put this, put a reminder on your phone or whatever it needs to be to show appreciation to those around you. Um, With that in mind, I wanted to show some appreciation to you guys, to the listeners who are so awesome to listen to this show. And um, I have just had some people reach out to me recently that have just like, people are good. That's all I have to say. And I've had, uh, had a specific individual who came to me and asked if he could help me find guests 
for the show. And surprisingly, I you'd think people would want to be on the show, but it's hard sometimes. Um, people don't want to promote themselves or they're worried about what it, you know, having their voice recorded or what they would say on the show. And so to have somebody approach me and say, gosh, I know a lot of business owners and I want to help you get people on your show. I like what you're doing. Um, man, thank you so much. Um, um, any of you who have reached out and um, given me feedback on the show, helped me find guests, been a guest. I just really want to appreciate you, tell you thank you for um, helping this show continue. This is the 48th episode, so it's going, and I have um, lots and lots more business owners and entrepreneurs in East Idaho out there to interview. So thank you guys so much for all that you do to help me bring this show to you, and I hope that it's worthwhile and gives you some value to hear the stories of our local entrepreneurs and business owners and be inspired. I, I can tell you, I sure appreciate the people that I have interviewed. I've learned so much from them. So that's my challenge for you guys this week. Really take it to heart. Figure out a place where you can show more appreciation to the people around you, um, and especially at at work for those people who are helping you achieve your goals. And um, we're all in this together, and I thank you guys for all that you do for me. Okay, have a great week, and we will... Be here next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com